We've been looking at, as a, as a church, uh, we've been following, since we've been outside, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. We've been looking at it because really he's introducing to us his kingdom. He's laying the groundwork for the kingdom of God, how he desires for us to understand it. He's recognized that we probably don't understand it, or at least the believers at that time didn't understand it, so they needed some understanding of what was to come. And so Jesus has gone through this process with us uh, 2,000 years later, uh, but it's the same process that he went through with the early church. And so really where we're at is he's talked to us so far up till today. He talked about kingdom perspective. It's going to look different. Things are going to look different in my kingdom. He talked to us about kingdom purpose. There is a, a purpose that you have within his kingdom. Every one of us has purpose within his kingdom. Then he talked to us about acts of righteousness or kingdom motivation, like why we do what we do. Why are we doing the things we're doing, our motivation? Within the kingdom of God, I want to be motivated because I skipped one, that he's given us kingdom righteousness, that we've been made righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Then we, we took a segue for a week and we talked about the Lord's Prayer because he was giving us a very practical instruction on how we pray. And we looked then at kingdom trust. What does it look like to wholly have confidence in God? This morning I want to pick up, we're going to be getting in Matthew chapter 7 on where we've been preaching. And, and I will say I wrestled with this one because uh, it, it may seem easy to preach, but I didn't want to preach what's always been preached and I was really wrestling through it. But anyway, Matthew chapter 7, uh, we're going to be in verses 1 through 14. It says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you... If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. Verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate... And narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And I will be honest, as I read these verses, I mean, it almost seemed like three separate, three or four separate thoughts. Like, judge not. We've all heard that. And then, don't cast your pearls before swine. We've heard that sermon. And then we've heard the sermon on ask, seek, knock, and it will be fun. And we've heard the sermon on wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to, to heaven. And, 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 and I was wrestling with, like, why did Jesus present these thoughts, like, in his succession? Like, what was going on in, in, in this message that Jesus was teaching? 
Because like I said, as pastors, I mean, that's four good sermons right there. I could take a week and talk about not judging. I could take a week and talk about not throwing. I could take a week and talk about ask, seek, and knock. And I could take a week and talk about why is the, is the way that leads to destruction. But, but I really sense that, that God, that Jesus, as he was preaching these words, he was intertwining them for a very specific purpose. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to unpack what purpose I think God was using. Father, I thank you that we are here today. I thank you for your presence that inhabits the praises of his people. I thank you for your anointing that is upon your word. And I pray that anointing continues this day, God, that as we look at your word, as we, as we discover the word of God together, that you bring forth truth in our hearts and in our minds, God, that you help truth, this, this word, become living and active before us. For us in this place, God, I, I pray that if there's anything in our hearts or minds that are keeping us from seeing, hearing, experiencing, understanding what you would have, God, I ask that those things would be removed. God, through myself, I yield every part of me unto you. I ask, God, your very will be done as we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So the very first point that we had, Jesus said, judge not. And I will tell you, as a pastor, I got stuck on those verses this week. Like, judge not. I'm not sure that there aren't many Christians who are living the life God called them to live that haven't been told at one point or time. If someone wants to quote scripture at you, they're going to tell you the Bible says, don't judge me. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we live our lives, when we live the way we're supposed to live, I'm just about guaranteeing every Christian has, has someone else has pulled a scripture card. They pulled Matthew 7, 1 and dropped it in your lap and said, don't judge in the Bible. You're judging me. And that's what we hear time and time again. And I thought as a pastor, I don't want to spend a week just preaching on judging people and don't judge people. Because, you know, I, I think that there's more to this. But what I started to do was I, I tried to step back from the sermon again and, and get out of the words so much because I can get consumed with the words and the I was pulling up Greek and Hebrew and everything else to try to figure out some cool thing. But what God began to do was actually he pulled me back further from all of this. And so I, I want to talk about judge and judge not. And I want to talk about ask, seek, and not. But, but the reality is I believe there's something that is going through these verses that, that Jesus is communicating. Jesus knew his audience. He knew what their problems were. I mean, he's already called them out for their acts of righteousness. He knew their their conditions, he knew what they had experienced, and he knew that they struggled with judgment. If you think of the Pharisees and Sadducees that we see in Scripture, if you think of, of what they brought to the people, and maybe the people weren't the ones judging, but, but they were under that authority, they were under that teaching, right? The believers of the early church, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were the ones they were looking up to, and they lived a lifestyle of judgment. That's absolutely what they did. Now, look at Jesus. Look at what happens in Jesus' ministry. How often do we see the, the Pharisees and Sadducees begin to judge Jesus or judge his disciples for, for eating something on the Sabbath? I mean, they're continually practicing judgment. And what I think Jesus was doing was he was looking at people because then we go through these, these two things, judging and, and casting our pearls before swine to these asses knock and narrow is the way. And what I sensed in my heart was, was God is using these verses to speak a message on kingdom focus. I want to talk this morning about kingdom focus. I think Jesus knew the audience 
he was speaking to, and he knew that they could get distracted very easily by what? Judging what others were doing. I will say, I want to tell you this. Judgment and accountability are not the same thing. Judgment and accountability are not the same thing. As a Christian, when someone says to you, well, you're not supposed to judge. I know we wrestle with, well, how do I answer that? The reality is later in, in, in the Gospels, Jesus actually says judge what is right or judge what is holy. I mean, we are, we are asked to judge things. We're told in, in the epistles to hold one another accountable. I mean, it's part of our calling as a body of Christ. We are to hold each other accountable. Judgment is not the same as accountability. So what was the difference? Accountability is coming to a brother in love. Judgment is proclaiming guilty or not guilty. Does that make sense? God's got that. That's God's role. God tells someone they're guilty or not. We can read them the word. We can show them what the word says. But God is the one. The scripture tells us very clearly that he is the judge. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 5. But think they will have to give uh, an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. That's his role, not mine. What Jesus is doing is he's looking at a group of people that are assuming a role that maybe isn't their role. And it's causing them to get distracted from what God is truly doing in their life. From what God is truly doing around them. I deal with pastors all the time. And I will tell you, pastors have a problem with assuming too many roles and doing too many things that get us distracted from what God has called us to do. Jesus is looking at a group of people. He's saying, you're assuming a role that is not yours. I am the judge. You know, they come to the judgment seat of Christ. You don't have to do that. But by doing that, they were allowing their heart, they were allowing their mind, they were allowing their thoughts to be driven by something other than his kingdom. Why else would he say? I mean, he brings this example we all love. Worry about the, the plank in your eye rather than the sawdust in your neighbor. What is he saying? You're losing focus. You're getting distracted. You got big problems. You got plank. You talk to someone, you swing your head, you smack them in the face. I mean, you got big problems. But you're so consumed with things that aren't yours to worry about. You're so consumed with things that, that aren't your place. You're just getting distracted. I believe that the message on judgment is important, but I believe that, that Jesus was really speaking to a people about what's happening with you in this kingdom. You see, I've talked about kingdom perspective, and I've talked about kingdom righteousness, and I've talked about kingdom purpose, but the problem is we can talk about these things, and we can be going really good for a while, but all of a sudden, we start to see some sawdust, and we become obsessed with the sawdust. You been there? Elliot over there. Okay, that's my sawdust sometimes. He can get a little ornery, a little loud, and I gotta just keep him quiet so he's not distracting people. We're in the park now, you know, it's easy to get distracted and we can you ever been there where your mind is focused more on something, but God is doing something remarkable and he desires for you to experience that, but you can't 
because, man, that lady, she got too much perfume on, or you see that, that her hair is going the wrong way, or, or something like that that happens, and I can't believe she's raising her hands today, because yesterday she wasn't raising her hands, I'll tell you that. I mean, we get so distracted from what God's doing. The enemy knows how to keep us distracted, and I believe these people, this was his best effort. I know that from the pattern I see within the Gospels. This is what they struggled with. So I believe God's talking about judgment simply to show us the reality that at times there are things that distract us. What else does he say? So I believe that, that the judgment that happens often is an inward judgment. That's the thoughts that we have. But then he went outward with this judgment as well. He said, don't toss, right? Don't toss your bread before dogs and your pearls before swine. That's pretty, pretty, pretty active. Don't give the dogs what is sacred and throw your pearls before pigs. Because if you do, they'll trample on them. What, what, what's that mean? Again, I think it's just a distraction. What are pearls? My wife doesn't like them. So. But what are pearls? They're something valuable. You think that's what Jesus is communicating? There's valuable things that God is doing in your life. What are dogs and swine? Well, in the scripture, those are the things that are unclean. Those are the things that, that, that aren't worthy. And he's saying, don't throw. Sometimes we get so obsessed with throwing all the good things God's doing. I'm not saying it. We're called to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do have to take them to those who don't understand. But, but at times, we are so consumed with the good things God's doing... And we begin to share them, and we wonder why someone else takes them and tramples them. And they not only trample on them, but what does it say? They won't just trample on your pearls, but they'll tear you to pieces. You ever been there? Man. God doing something remarkable, and you start talking about what God's doing, and someone laughs at you, and you put a post on social media, and someone else gets on there and tears you apart. And by the time you're done, you're wondering what I should put and what I shouldn't put. and what I should... You know what I'm saying? Like, at times... These are ways I believe we truly get distracted. The distractions keep us away from what God is, is trying to accomplish. There's a distraction. See that? God's doing something. I want to talk about judgment. Real quick, I read the story on, 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 on judging. Uh, there's a church in, in Las Vegas. Uh, pastor, Assemblies of God Pastor, Judge Wilhite. I saw him at a convention that I went to right before Corona, actually. <laughs> anyway, he talks about his, his book. It's called Uncensored Grace, and he had a story in there. And, and he said there was their, their church. They did some ministry to, um, to the homeless camps that are around there. And they were ministering one day. And part of their outreach, I mean, think of this as an outreach, is that they literally just opened up the church so people could take showers. Wow, that's kingdom-driven. I mean... That was a lot of thought, a lot of... Anyway, so they went to the park one day, and they were talking to some people, and they talked to this guy named Cody. And they said, Cody, why don't you come to church, and you can come take a shower. And, and, and it was a church, and so he was resisting, but, but he says, I mean, again, this is what he says. He said he hadn't taken a shower in three months, and even the homeless people thought he stunk. And so he, so he showed up at the church. 
Now this was a man, as we, as we learn his story, he had at one time been like a professional bass fisherman and, and, and he had squandered $600,000 of savings on crack cocaine. That's who he was. Now they didn't know that when they saw him in the park. He was just another homeless guy. He came into the church to get a shower and there was a woman who greeted him when he came into the church and she said, it looks like you need a hug. And he made a judgment, but she did not. I mean, he's thinking even the homeless guys have told me to go somewhere else. They social distance from me, even though we don't have social distancing yet. I mean, that's, we, you know, I mean, that's the life he was living. This woman came, I think her name was Michelle, and she gave him a hug. And because she didn't judge him because of who he was, because she didn't call him guilty or not guilty, she just listened to the voice of God and did what God called her to do, he felt the love of God for the first time in his life. Man, it had been easy to be distracted. Do stinks. Who knows what he got in his pocket? You want me to do what, God? Can we air hug? Can I give him like a like on Facebook or something? I mean, seriously. But no, God called her to do something. They said that man got transformed, radically transformed. He and his wife now serve in that church because because someone lived a life where they listened and didn't get distracted from what God wanted them to do. So what does Jesus say? How does this begin to tie itself together? Verses 7 through 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Wait a minute, we just talked about people tearing us to pieces and now you're saying ask and it will be given to you. What is he, what is he giving to me? <laughs> Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him snake, a snake. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. See, there's kingdom focus. God has given you a purpose. He said you are called to be salt and light. That's who you're called to be. That's the purpose that you have in your life. And so sometimes we get distracted, but Jesus is saying, don't get distracted, but get active. He said, don't worry about the distraction, but there's some action that you can be doing as a follower of Christ. What are those actions? See, these are all actions worth he's talking about. He's saying, ask, seek, and find, or knock. He's, he's telling us to get busy doing what we really kind of know we're supposed to do. You see, these were people that were getting distracted. They were casting pearls. They were tossing them before swine. Then they were judging, and they were saying things about people. But really, Jesus is saying, don't do that stuff. Don't get distracted by that stuff, but get active with what you know you're supposed to be doing. Start asking. Start seeking. Start knocking. Actually, the words in this, in this translation or in the words is, Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. He's telling us, believer, he's telling us, child of God, sometimes we struggle with focus. Why do we, we struggle with focus? I struggle with focus because I get distracted. If you want to not get distracted, then maybe you should start getting active. Maybe you should start doing what you know God has called you to do. Maybe you should start doing the things that God has, has asked you to do. Maybe you should start asking. Maybe you should start seeking, like looking for Him, like actually opening the book, actually reading Habakkuk and seeing what Angie was talking about this morning. You know, listening to His voice, seeking for Him, searching Him out, trying to discover His presence, knowing that maybe there's something more that I haven't discovered. Maybe He's got a word for me that He desires to speak to me this day that I haven't heard just yet. But man, we are, it's so easy. 
We don't have to look very hard to find God right now. You know what I'm saying? You might say, Angie might say, I get so distracted by the news, but I'd say it doesn't take much to get to get the best preaching you've ever heard. We can turn on the TV and we can watch the greatest preachers in the world. We can go on Facebook and, 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 and that's what people were saying in the middle of this virus. They could watch like 18 different preachers on Sunday mornings. That's awesome. But are you really seeking? Are you really asking? Or are you just more distracted by what you're doing? You see, there's kingdom focus. I believe that God has, has, has an incredible plan for our church. I believe that God desires to do incredible things in our nation in the midst of this moment. I believe that God wants to show himself like he's never shown himself before. But we can become so distracted by all that stuff. We can start judging people for what they're doing. And we can start judging people for what they're not doing. We can start judging churches that require masks. And we can start judging churches that let people come in without masks. We can start saying that this person's wrong and this person's right. Or we can start focusing on what God is doing. We can start focusing on who God is. And we can start taking captive every thought that takes itself up or sets itself up against the knowledge of Him. Man. I'll just read these actions that I came up with. In my notes, I put, instead of complaining, start proclaiming. There was a guy named Samuel Chadwick. He said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies or powerless works or, or prayerless works or prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil or mocks our wisdom. He trembles when we pray. That's pretty simple. If I'm getting distracted, maybe I need to get on my knees. We've talked quite a bit about a quiet place and in the beginning of this, that, that, that secret place that God speaks to you. Maybe I need to get in that closet, in that place, and get on my knees. Instead of grumbling, start humbling. You know, instead of complaining about everything else that's going on, maybe we need to consider others greater than ourselves. Instead of denying, maybe we need to start repenting. Denying what's in my face, maybe denying what, what's going on with me. Maybe I need to start looking at myself. Maybe I need to spend some time looking in the mirror. You know, James says, how foolish is it for a man to look in the mirror and forget what he looks like? Maybe I need to look in the mirror this day and see what is hanging out of my face. See the problems that are happening in me. And be as consumed with myself as I am with others. Be as worried about me being redeemed as I am about someone else. Instead of giving up, start lifting up. Instead of conforming, start transforming. Instead of remi remaining silent, start speaking up. You know, I believe there's actions that, that the body of Christ, that, that, that God is calling us to do. If we want to remain focused, we've got to get active. Get in your Word. You know how I know when I haven't been in the Word enough? Because my life starts to get distracted. My, my mind gets distracted. My thoughts, my, my, my parenting gets distracted, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I can sense in myself, so I know that there's an action that I've got to do. There's an action step. We like action steps. Here it is. Get active. Get His Word. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Why? Because God is good. We talked about kingdom trust last week. We have confidence in Him. We have confidence in who He is. So if God is good, I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on seeking. Why? Because I'll find Him. I'll discover Him. I I'll find what I'm looking for. God loves you. Amen? So kingdom focus. 
stop being distracted. Start getting active. And then I'm going to come back to those last couple verses that I read. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and, small, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. You know, I, I read those verses and what God spoke to me was, yes, we can get distracted. But, but no, we need to get active. And sometimes when we get active, we've got to keep on doing it. He spoke to me about perseverance. There's a lot of people that started this thing. But only a few are making it through this narrow gate. You know, sometimes we can be focused for a moment. You know you know what I'm saying? I think the, the, the modern day uh, technology, it causes our focus to be about two and a half minutes, you know? I mean, we can't focus on anything for any amount of time. We get so distracted by something else. You know, I sit down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study the Word and my phone rings and then my computer goes off and then I'm looking at what my emails say and, and then I'm coming back to my Bible again. You know, why, why, why do we get so distracted? Because there's so many things that can keep us keep us distracted, but the reality is is that, that we've got to persevere. I believe that's why he says, I mean, why would Jesus say keep on asking, keep on knocking? The, the, the sense of knocking and, and seeking. Why would he say that? Because sometimes we've got to just keep on. There might be someone here who says, man, I, I got focus. I know God wants to do something. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I know he's called me. He desires to use me. But, but, but I've been active. I've been, I've been reading my Bible, and I've been, I've been spending time in that quiet place, but I still don't know. I want to say to you, just keep on. Just keep on. How can I say that? I can say that because I know who my God is, and I know what the promise of God is. What did he say? Who, if, it, who if they ask for, who, who of you, if your son asks, asks for bread, will give him, give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? I mean, if God is that good, if God is truly that good, I have confidence when I stand before you that, man, just keep going. Do I know why you're not hearing right now? No. Do I know why it seems like every road to dead end? No. But I'll tell you, just get active. Just stay active. Don't stop. Don't become complacent. Don't settle for where you're at. Keep going because you know that God wants you to do something. Get active. Keep on asking. Keep on thinking. You know what? Go to a different level in the pursuit that you have with God. Dig in deeper to His Word. Look in, in, in other resources. Seek out others that may help you. You know, Look for others who can help hold you accountable to the things that God has for your life. That's kingdom focus. I, I'm telling you. And, and you can, can talk and, and, and we can hear about all that's going on. The world needs the kingdom of God right now. We can talk about race relations. We can talk about COVID-19. We can talk about all these things. There's one thing that I know is that the world needs to understand the love of God. The world needs to experience the reign, the authority, the, the power that comes through the kingdom of God. And I will tell you, church, that if it's not us, then who? We've got to stay focused. Jesus wanted a focused church. I believe that's why these words are here. I know this was probably a different take than, than most of us have, have seen when it comes to these words, but I do believe that Jesus is speaking to a church. I believe that he wants to speak to us this day, that we have to be focused upon him. 
for, for the fulfillment of his plan, for, for his kingdom to come. And I will tell you, I believe that, that to keep on asking, to keep on, to keep on knocking, to keep on seeking, it's going to show us that at times it might be a little bit challenging. And at times there might be some stinky people that get in the way. But I just have to listen to him. And I have to persevere. I'm going to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask that, that God speaks to you. I'm going to ask that, that you can be honest with yourself. I mean, no one knows if you're distracted more so than yourself. No one knows if there's things that have caused you to, to look away from the plans that God has. There might be other things. It may not be tossing pearls before swine, and it may not be judging others, but there might be something in you that have caused you to get your eyes off of what God desires for you. Maybe there's a word that he gave you. Maybe there's a promise that he placed upon your life. I know there's something else behind that, but I just sensed it's an urgency. You know, we hear that siren, and if you're on the fire department, you respond right now. You know, there's someone who needs you for something. And I believe that God desires to send something in you to say, hey, I've called you to do something. I desire for you. There are people who absolutely need you. There's someone who needs to understand who God is. Maybe you, yourself, maybe there's an emergency in your life this day where you have to fully comprehend all that God has for you. Maybe he's speaking to you this day. Hey, it's urgent. Don't let this moment pass. But you, child of God, you have to get active. You have to get busy. You have to get up. You have to get into his word. You've got to seek his presence. You've got to discover his love. God, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that in the next few moments as, as Tim leads us in a, in a chorus, God, I ask that you could minister to each and every one of us. God, we sang about your presence, that it, it's absolutely here with us. I know, God, that you desire to speak to our hearts in this moment. So, Father, for each one, God, for the one that, that said, yes, it was speaking to me about being distracted, or the other that says, yeah, it was speaking to me about being active, or maybe the one that has been active but has become discouraged, like Angie talked about, God, that this is an assurance, it's an encouragement that, child, you persevere, you keep on going, child, you keep on going, because God's got a reward for you. God, I pray in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask you continue to speak to our hearts, even as Tam sings, God. I know it's awkward. Sometimes we're in public and we feel like, man, it's, it's strange to, to worship God. I pray, God, that that distraction would be removed. God, I pray that, that we wouldn't be ashamed to, 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 to close our eyes or lift up our hands or lift up our voices or, or kneel on our knees, God, just because of what you desire to accomplish. In Jesus' name.
Tim mentioned, next week we'll be back in church. I know there's some that may not be comfortable being in church, and so if you're if you're there and you want to still be a part of the body, let me know so we can set up Zoom. Uh, we'll get that set back up so that can happen. Um, but I know next week it's kind of the culmination. It's the end of this series, and you know, I'll give you the, the title of next week, but it's the Kingdom Builders. And that's who we are. And we're just saying, build my life upon a foundation. He talks at the end of this about wise and foolish builders. And, and church, I desire that we would be wise builders. And being a wise builder, it, it's essential, it's imperative that we're focused. And we're focused on the important things, the big things, and even the smallest things. And I believe wholeheartedly, I, I, I sense in my heart God is, is stirring, He's moving, He's doing and I don't want to, to fall short of all that he has. And I want us to be to show ourselves approved for the plans that God has, for the desires that he wants to accomplish. You know what? Tara was talking about the backpacks. I don't even know what happens with backpacks this year. There's a chance the kids don't go to school. I don't know what we're doing, but all I know is I want to do my very best. And I want to remain focused because there's so many things that can keep me off of what God desires. So I hope that next week, whether it's through social media or, or through Zoom or, or through, the, through, through, through the person service that we do, that you can connect with the culmination of this series. I'm, Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you live with kingdom focus. May you recognize distractions and get active. May you persevere even when it seems like no one's listening or answering. May you find that pearl that God has for you this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.